right, welcome back to Tailgate Season, where it's always a bad day to be a beer. Presented by the Cold Cans Network, I'm Logan, sitting here with Jordan. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and check out the website, coldcansnetwork.com, for blog content and merch. We have brand new Tailgate Season hats and Tailgate Season uh, pocket tees that are available on coldcansnetwork.com slash shop. They are fresh off the press. You don't want to miss out. Um, the logo looks pretty sick, I have to say. Yeah, I, um, I looked at them and definitely going to be getting some because uh, it just, I don't know, I, I guess I really didn't pay attention to the hats. I mean, I'm always a big hat guy, but uh, those look pretty fresh. And to be honest, the price is pretty amazing. I looked at the price of that and I was like, oh, that's kind of a steal. Um, Logan, maybe we should mark it up is what I was thinking, but we'll leave it alone. <laughs> we'll see if we can get some of those sold. Guys, please um, get some of that merchandise because I promise you it looks pretty sweet. Yeah, look, we're looking out for the folks is the way I look at it. I mean, things have been out of control with inflation lately. Things are expensive. You know, we're not here to gouge you. $22 for a hat and then plus tax and uh, shipping. It'll be yours. It'll be delivered right to your house. Don't even have to worry about, you know, it'll be there in probably what, two days, something, two, three yep. days. But um, but yeah, 22 bucks. I mean, it's you go to any type of hat store, order any type of hat online. You're looking $30. at 30 before even looking at taxes and shipping. So this is really a steal. So check that out on coldcansnetwork.com slash shop. All right. Well, Jordan, I have a bone to pick with the ACC officials. Oh, and no. Not us starting off the show with complaining. We never do that. <laughs> we never, never do that. This is just, this is out of the ordinary. It's finally, I want to say that as an NC State fan, I finally feel validated. Because for years, we were told, it's all in your head. The officials are not screwing you. The officials don't affect games. Well, you know what? We have an official, no pun intended, letter from the commissioner talking about a missed call in the Duke-Virginia game. We have every coach basically in the league complaining about the officials, about how they're getting in the way and they're not letting the players decide games. Duke has been a victim. Carolina has been a victim. I guess that's what's been needed all these years for change to get the wheels to get to rolling on and the winds of change to be the blowing because Lord have mercy. The blue schools have been victim just like the rest of us have for so many years. And now it sounds like we might actually get something to done on it because the ACC officials are the worst group of officials collectively in the power five, power six. If you want to count the big East in basketball. I'm just I just wish that Roy and Kay would have retired earlier. So maybe we could have got this problem under under uh, control. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my 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 problem is and we'll go into a little more detail here in a minute. But, um, you know, the officials, what happens to them? Nothing. It's the letter. You're not going to change the outcome of the game. Um, it's even though a certain call was and I was not upset at all at the. uh the Duke, the, the outcome. <laughs> yeah, I was not upset with that at all. Um, actually, I had State uh, money line winning the other night, so I was a little upset about them losing that game. Um, that wasn't a foul, and they totally botched the Duke Virginia game, which helped me cover a bet. But uh, it definitely they botched that. And um, like you said, Carolina's been screwed on it with at Pitt, the Pitt game. Yep. Um, a little earlier in the whole Alabama thing um, back at to begin the year. But it's getting more and more out of hand. And what happens to them? Nothing. I mean, sure, you can get blackballed 
and you know, like TV uh, Teddy can't uh, uh, officiate the Final Four this year. That's how bad he's been. That right. now he they've announced that he's not going to be allowed to officiate the Final Four. And I just wish he wouldn't be allowed to officiate ACC games. But then, even if that's the case, he's still affecting outcomes, which affects seating, mm-hmm. which affects conference rankings and stuff like that. And so, but you know, the coaches they can't speak to that because if they speak to that, it's a fine. Uh, yep. I'm guessing if it's like it is, a, and, it is a fine. And so, it's not only here. Um, it's not only in college basketball. It's it's in pro NFL is another thing. They can't you can't talk about it. They get fined. Um, but there's calls there. But nothing happens to these officials, and it's time something gets done because there's games on the line um, that affect seating, ranking, uh, just overall winning and losing, and something needs to be done about these officials. I don't know what. That's not for me to decide. But I'm just saying something needs to be done. No, I, I definitely agree with you because I, I don't know if it's time to either get more officials to where their workload isn't as much to maybe change, have a changing of the guard. We're seeing it with the coaches. Why not with the officials? Maybe we need some different officials in the ACC because, you know, you said it, the state game in particular, because I watched that game from, you know, tip to finish where that I, I'm not as hardcore on the DJ Burns foul at the end as I probably would be on uh, ordinarily, but I think it was a 50 50 call. It, I, it was either going to be a no call or a charge, but I, I'm still a little bit iffy on it. Was that actually a charge? He got the ball in low um, towards the rim and the, there was a little bit of contact and the guy just falls backwards. I thought we were trying to crack down on that stuff these days. Apparently not. But my biggest gripe in that game in particular is with uh, Burt Smith, the, one of the ACC officials. Bert Smith is a guy oh, like what's the Chris Collinsworth. And so here's a guy that anytime <laughs> he ever does an NC state game bet against the pack, NC state is 20 and seven on the year. They are three and four in games that Bert Smith is officiating. Let's take a look at the Syracuse game, a 75, 72 loss on the road this past week. The officials were Bert Smith, uh, AJ Desai and Bill Covington. In the first half, Burt Smith whistled NC State for six fouls, Syracuse only one. The other two, AJ, two fouls on State, three on Syracuse. Bill, two fouls on State, two on Syracuse. Now let's go to the second half. Burt Smith, seven fouls on NC State, three under two minutes to go in the game. Second half, Syracuse, he only whistled on one time, one under two minutes. The other two officials? AJ one on NC State, two on Syracuse. Bill Covington, two on NC State, two on Syracuse, which brings a total of 13 fouls by Burt Smith on NC State to two on Syracuse. The other two officials who seem to be, you know, calling the game as it should be, three on State, five on Syracuse. Bill Covington, four on State, four on Syracuse. That looks more reasonable uh, than the 13 on State. Burt Smith has affected so many NC State games. Like it, it's he overturned a deflection call by AJ Desai that was that was obvious it wasn't deflected earlier in the game. He over he overturned that one. Um, Thirteen of the twenty thousand NC State was called by one official, one official. Yeah, like yeah, you're talking uh, about a three and four record when that man's on the court, and then when he's not on the court, 
here they are. They're 17 and, and three on the season. Like, that's incredible. Like, you're and Trent, Kevin Keats's whole thing was he told Jim Beheim that, you know, he doesn't like when the uh, players are not deciding the end of a game in a close game situation like that. And Jim Beheim responded in a very Jim Beheim, but also very true fashion. He goes, I've been fucked out of a game this year myself. So it's like I said, it's a it's an epidemic that's affecting every program. The uh, I'm guessing the Beheim thing he's referring to is probably the Carolina game. Um, More if, than I had to, <laughs> if I had to guess. Um, but you know, that that's a little skewed. Um, it, it's a little ridiculous to see that kind of discrepancy. And, um, it's kind of, you know, Carolina's TV Teddy. I, I don't like doing him doing us and nope. doing us. <laughs> I don't like him <laughs> uh, doing our games. Uh, but. Well, I mean, in a way, he kind of is fucking you, so. Yeah, I guess so, in a way. Um, but it's it's getting ridiculous, and, I mean, there's got to be an answer to how we fix this. But I don't want it to – I don't want us to end up doing, like, some type of robotic shit like the MLB is trying to do with robotic yeah. strike zones. You know, you don't want to do any of that. Um, but – but there needs to be some accountability, and right. if the, if there there are so many calls that they review and they see that it was the wrong call, or <laughs> even if they're too questionable and stuff, then they need to be replaced. It, there doesn't need to be tenure with this. I mean, we're I that's a whole separate issue with the academia thing. But I'm not a big believer in tenure anywhere. Like I think that it needs to be a meritocracy. And the reality is, the officials like that AJ and Bill guy didn't know their names. That's probably a good thing. When you know an official's name, then there's a problem. And we right. have too many in the ACC that we know their names. Yeah, it's it's, it's a problem that I, I'm sure, and, you know, I feel like it's going to be, it's probably a little bit more throughout the country, but we don't see that because we watch ACC basketball mostly. And maybe that's, maybe that's what's going on uh, just around college basketball. But, Back to your point that you were talking about, you know, we're getting rid of the the fouls of, oh, let's fall down. The flop was supposed to be a big thing yeah. this year. And you remember at the beginning of the year it was called. And I can't remember the last time I've seen a flop call. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if Krzyzewski was around, Duke would be having technicals all over the place with the flops. But <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that for a whole nother day. Um, good thing LeBron doesn't play in college basketball either. Uh, but we're getting away from that. And the fact that uh, what is, what is the best way to handle this? And I think what you, the way you said um, is basically just produce because ath athletes uh, are getting affected by this. If they don't produce, they sit the bench. They get, you know, and then they transfer or whatever, but they have to deal with it. The officials are untouchable, mm -hmm. and it needs to. Somebody needs to have accountability, and it's always the players, but it's never the referees. And I think that's bullshit. And I think it needs to be fixed. And if you, if you don't, if you get graded at a certain level consistently, and it's below a certain level, I don't know what this level should be, percentile, anything like that. Then you should have, you should be suspended for a certain amount of games. And not yeah. be able to work or something like that. Because if you don't produce it's your job at work, I don't produce, you don't produce, we're going to get fired. Yeah, we won't have a job. Right. 
So why aren't the officials held to that same standard? I don't understand. I don't understand it either. And, uh, you know, if they're not going to do anything about the officials, not put any type of system in place where there's a checks and balances on the on the zebras, then we reality, I think we need to take uh, the fine off the table and let the coaches just tear into them in the press conference and the media. Like, I, I think it's ridiculous that there's repercussions for the players, repercussions for the coaches, but the officials get off scot-free. If we're not going to do anything about the officials, let's uh, let's pull the gloves off and let the coaches throw haymakers. Uh, I totally agree with you there. If we're not going to do anything to a certain degree where it gets better or ho- hold the officials accountable, let the coaches and the players hold them accountable by speaking their mind. But last I checked, Logan, this was America, damn it. And I thought freedom of speech happened, but apparently that's getting shut down <laughs> a little bit with the uh, uh, with the fines going on here. Seems like it. <laughs> but e- either way, one thing we know, there's a problem with officiating. It might be widespread more than I'm aware. Because like you said, you brought up a good point. I watch more ACC basketball disproportionately. Um, but in the ACC, it's definitely a pervasive problem that needs to be addressed. And if it's not going to be addressed, then people like us and other people in the sports uh, media with bigger platforms need to keep on pressing the issue and need to keep on just bitching about it because that's what I've been seeing from all the fan bases and all the sports writers that are associated with the ACC schools is I think everybody's kind of at a tipping point. We've had enough. Like it's, it's affecting, like you said, it, they may not be allowed in the final four, but they're affecting our seating. They're affecting where we are in the, uh, the race for the top four to get the double by in the ACC tournament. I mean, we we're now 10 and six in the league because one guy decides he wants to whistle us 13 fouls and you could the other guys barely got up to 13 with the total fouls on both teams that they whistled all night and Syracuse I don't want to hear from people they're his own team they're they're a physical zone team right (laughs) like it's not like that they weren't body in and hand checking because they most certainly were but there's definitely a problem the uh I I, I hope he uh referees Saturday chance if he (laughs) does that uh let's hope not (laughs) I might as well just throw a bunch of money on Carolina if if Burt Smith's on the what if we get Burt Smith in, in TV Teddy? Oh, that'll be the double like what the hell's gonna happen? The place is gonna uh, I don't know. I don't know how that would be called because it'd be so <laughs> terrible. It'd be so many whistles that you couldn't finish the game. I know. Unstoppable force means an immovable object. <laughs> but um so uh, Saturday, one thing I did want to bring up was because I wanted to address it because I saw some Carolina related people talking about this on Twitter. They were like, Oh, I thought coach K wasn't going to come to any games. Well, Mickey and Mike Krzyzewski were at the game on Saturday. I want to clarify the reason why he was there. He made his first return to watch a Duke team. His first uh, game in Cameron since he retired. The reason was uh, Mike Bray has announced he's stepping down from Notre Dame. Mike Bray was a longtime assistant. So he came to the game to watch Duke versus Notre Dame when Mike Bray was, uh, was coming for his last trip to Cameron. Just clear it, clear in the air for the people out on Twitter. He looked like he had a great time there. He looked like he uh, <laughs> emotionless as always. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you got to think that it. I, the, Roy and Kay have different personalities in that Mike Shashevsky doesn't have hobbies. He doesn't golf. He doesn't do anything like that publicly, like that we know of, like that. Roy, you know, he loved to golf. He he liked to go and, and travel with Wanda and and go and see Carolina on the road. Like to Roy's credit, he was taking he was at the ECU game, uh basketball game this past weekend. He was taking photos with all the pirate fans. I use pirate yeah. fans very liberally. 
by pirate fans who were going down there to see Roy. I mean, stand-up move, but Roy's got golf and got other things that he does. Mike Krzyzewski had basketball. It's <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, uh, I would love to be friends with Krzyzewski. I'm sure we'd have a lot to talk about. I'm sure he's got a ton of friends. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but let's not get into the Krzyzewski batch, bashing because uh, I could go on on that all night. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And he was there at the ECU game for Wes Miller being there. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's why he, he does he does good with that stuff. He does go see his former players and uh, oh, yeah. stuff like that, NBA games. And, uh, you know, he even supports Kansas. And it's openly. It's not like he, you know, he supports the school. He's spent, I don't know, how I can't remember how many years, but he spent a good amount of time there at Kansas. So, yeah. I mean, you can't fault him for that. Uh, whereas I don't see Krzyzewski going to Army games. But that was a little bit, uh, a little oh, bit Army, earlier. Army's his alma mater too. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure he, that won't be the last time he comes back to Cameron. So, no, I'm, I'm sure he'll be back. I, the whole thing was he didn't want it to be like him coming back first year and kind of overshadowing John Shire, because John Shire doesn't have the same dominant personality that Mike Shashevsky did. So, I get that, uh, that that decision. Um, I, I will be the first to admit that I like Roy Williams a whole hell of a lot more now that he's in retirement than I did when he was a coach. <laughs> he was a coach. The whole all shuck shit used to annoy me, but I generally, I, I'd love to play around a golf with Roy at some point. Like, I think that would be awesome. That'd be like a all time kind of thing, but I like him a lot better in retirement than I did when he was current roaming the sidelines, telling the boys to run wearing his Carolina blue jacket. And if, uh, and especially you being a state fan, you really glad he's off the sidelines over there. You ain't joking. <laughs> but all right, let's shift focus to the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, we got four se- four games left in the regular season right now. Before you know, selection Sundays around the corner. Uh, we've talked a lot about our schools. We've talked a little bit about ACC schools where the seating and everything, but we haven't really talked about the tournament as a whole. Here's um, a little brief glimpse into who we think are going to be the four number one seeds as of right now. Obviously, things can change between now and Selection Sunday, but as of it stands right now, Jordan, who are your four number ones? Um, so, actually, you know, most people would just go down the top four, and I don't I don't, I don't, don't like that option. Um, I've watched all of these teams that I'm going to uh, list play basketball uh, at least four or five games. Um, and so I, I've, I've watched a lot, especially the late night, even the pac 12, because I just like staying up late and watching basketball and maybe throwing a little money around after drinking some beer on it. But, uh, <laughs> my number one seeds, not in any order. I'm just listing them. I'm not, you know, going as the number one overall and all that stuff. I'm just listing these. Uh, one of them is Alabama. Um, I think Alabama is legit. Um, I know they took a little bit of a setback against Tennessee last night, um, but Tennessee lost two straight, lost one, already lost one at home. They weren't going to lose back-to-back at home. I mean, it's just kind of a no. It wasn't going to happen there, um, and Tennessee's too good of a team to lose three in a row. Yeah. Um, so that was just a loss that was coming anyway. Um, my Another one of mine is Kansas. I think Kansas is legit. Um, they and especially if they win the Big Twelve, yeah. Um, uh, then and whoever comes out of that Big Twelve as a champion, 
and has a decent record because they just they're beating the hell out of each other there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think deserves the uh, number one seed, and I I mean it it could be Kansas, could be another Big Twelve team, but right now I think Kansas has the upper hand there. Uh, number uh, uh, not number three, but number three on my listing just just for argument's sake is Purdue. I think Purdue's legit. I think with Edie in the middle and some of their guard play. They can pretty much win, you know, they can win the whole thing. And I think they deserve to be the number one seed. They've been number one for a while. They are also, I'm not going to say playing in the toughest conference, but it's still a respectable Big Ten. And, you know, they got some stiff competition there. And they just lost to um, Maryland tonight. But um, I, I think they're good enough, and I think they have enough big wins that they should be a number one seed. And then my one of my last or my last one is actually Houston. Um I'm I was a little skeptical about putting them in because of their conference, what they play in. I'm sorry, Kyle, with the American. But it's not the Big Ten. It's not the Big Twelve and it's not the SEC. And you know, they do have they they didn't play a cupcake non conference. But it wasn't what it – I don't think it was what it needed to be, um, especially with a weaker American conference. Um, but It definitely wasn't like what Gonzaga has played in the past where they know they had no. to go through the ringer in the non-con. No. Um, and Houston is sitting there at two or three losses. I just looked it up. I mean, that's still respectful in the whole college basketball thing. Um, the other – my last one's like an honorable mention that I was looking at that maybe kind of decide is UCLA. Um, UCLA is a very good team. They got uh, the guys that annoys the hell out of me. Just his, I don't know, just the way he looks. Maybe it's his hair. Mick Cronin. Yeah. And oh no no uh, no, you talking about no, one the players? The guard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they have experience. You know, they went to the Elite Eight last year when Carolina beat them. I think it was Elite Eight, Sweet 16. But um, they've been there before. They're in the Pac-12. And you could argue the Pac-12 is a little bit better than the American. I, I don't know. It's kind of That's why I have it as a toss-up. Um, but they're legit, too. They have three or four losses. Um, and we'll see what happens there. Now, this could change. Um, with like I said, we got four games left. My team's looking at NIT bound. That's going to be crazy to me. Um, but I really do believe that those are going to be the top seeds come tournament time. What do you got? So I'm going to make a one uh, amendment to mine, just because I don't want all four of mine being the exact same as yours. But nice. I I do have Alabama. Um, Alabama. I I've been saying for a couple of years I'm a believer in Nate Oates. I think he's got that. That program rolling right now, and they're playing good basketball. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're rolling tide, uh, if you will. But then Kansas, I think that Kansas has arguably one of the best resumes in the country just because of their – that conference schedule was brutal this year. Big 12, like you said, they're all beating up on each other. So Kansas, I think, definitely deserves a number one. Um, The other one being Purdue. Purdue's been, you know, close to the top basically all year. I think Purdue is the only really good team in the conference with Rutgers. I think they have a bunch of solid teams, but I think they're the only kind of like legitimate top five team, top 10 team. So Purdue's in there. 
I'm going to drop Houston. I'm not sold on Houston. I think they're very good, and I think they're athletic enough and good enough and well-coached to be able to beat anybody in the country. But for the same reason that Gonzaga at times in the past would, would drop a seed line because of the weak conference, I'm, I'm going to drop Houston to a two, and I'm going to actually have Texas as the other one seed. Um, Texas, I think I'm giving them the nod just because of, again, that Big 12 schedule. Right. If they if Texas, if if Texas wins the Big 12 uh, championship, they will be a number one seed, in my opinion. I think Kansas can get the number one seed without winning the Big 12. Right. I agree. Now, wouldn't that be wild to have two number one seeds out of the Big 12? That would be. I know. Cool. I know. Like we haven't seen like ACC used to do that regularly, but it's a different era. <laughs> Big no, 12 basketball, I think, is the best conference in the nation. I, I totally agree with you. And I was. I, I'm with you on Texas that you're going to hear no argument here because they're another one that's like, like you said, they play in the Big 12 and they just, they've been around that little area between one and seven all year. Um, and they have good enough guard play and stuff like that, that, you know, they, they can carry a team come March and yep. um, get you there. And also in a conference tournament, um, you got to have a little bit of depth, and I think Texas has that. Um, now we'll we'll say that. Um, you know, let's talk about this. So you had Houston, but you didn't want to agree with me, right? All right. So we have Alabama, Kansas, Purdue, Houston. I think we're going to be in agreement on this, but just for shits and giggles, who do you think is the number one seed to lose out first of that of those four? Of which four? Of the Alabama, Kansas, Purdue, and Houston. Alabama. You think Alabama would lose out first? Yeah, because states matched up as their eight seed. Oh, okay. I haven't looked at any brackets. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't the, looked at brackets. The, the crying flute girl from number one seed Villanova years ago when state knocked him out back in the oh, Gottman's man. uh, era. Oh, man. Imagine being that meme. That poor girl. I know that poor girl. Um, I honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, we we sat here and I, you could argue Kansas could be because Kansas went on that little three game losing streak, mm-hmm. and so obviously they have some flaws somewhere. Um, but Houston hasn't played a whole lot, but they rely on defense. So defense travels. Yeah, it does. And that's the other thing. That's what makes it difficult. And Purdue just is so difficult because of just their inside presence with the. I know. It's hard to guard 7 2. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I'm not sold on the SEC. Yeah. I think Alabama is a very good team and can very well make the Final Four, right? Right. But I'm just not sold on the SEC. I don't think that they, like, Tennessee's good. Obviously, you know Alabama's good, but then you it. Who else other than that? Like you've got some solid teams, but you can make the same argument about the conference with Rutgers. Let me. So let me give you something that was wild to me that I didn't even pay attention to until I watched the game last night. Texas A and M has came back from the dead, and they have two conference losses. That's crazy. That is wild to me. They they could actually win the Big Ten. Yeah. 
or the Big Twelve. Uh, the Big Twelve. Big Twelve. Sorry. Yeah. That that is wild to me that that could even happen the way they started yeah. out. Because they've got uh old Virginia Tech's old coach, right? Yeah, Buzz Williams. Yeah. Oh, sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Uh, Lightning Bolt. New, always new Gary Williams. New Gary yeah, Williams. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. <laughs> uh, but I didn't even think about that. So imagine if they went it over Kansas. <laughs> yeah. That would be nuts to me. Well, see, the Big 12 is – does the Big 12 do a conference tournament? I can never remember. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. So the Big 12, I don't really know who. I wouldn't bet on anybody to win that conference tournament. Oh, yeah. That's going to be, be the most fun to watch, in yeah. my opinion. That's going to be better than the ACC tournament, and we love that shit. But yeah. to watch the Big 12 tournament is going to be freaking crazy, and I can't wait to watch it. Because anybody realistically could win it. Right. It's the way that I league's mean, you, been all, all like when the the NBA fans are like, oh man, this league, that's how I feel about the Big 12 this year because it's just anybody could win that. It's going to be up in the air. I mean, you could even have um, K State or um, anybody else like that that have already beat, like K State's already beat Kansas. So, um, Stuff like that happens all the time, and you could arguably see one of the lower seeds, like, I don't know, a 9-10 seed in that tournament come out and beat the number one seed, and it wouldn't make me shocked at all to understand something like that happens. No, yeah, I I definitely agree with you on that. Um, No arguments for me. Oh man, I was hoping to get some. <laughs> but I, I, I'm interested to see how it all shakes out. Who ends up getting the number one seeds? I think it, obviously things will get reshuffled a little bit between now and then, because it, it always something happens between the you know here we are mid February and then selection Sundays, what probably a month away ish, maybe a little less. But um. I'm interested to see right now the ESPN bracketology has conference with Rutgers, eight teams in, Big 12, eight teams in, the SEC and the SEC with seven. So the American only two. Oh, no. Big East with five. Uh, so it'll it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just ready to see what chaos comes with March like it always does. Oh, yeah, because it's almost inevitable. <laughs> So we'll keep an eye out on that. All right. Round two. Battle of uh, red versus blue this weekend. Sunday, 1 p.m. NC State versus Carolina. A game with some heavy implications for both schools, but arguably it's more of a must win for Carolina this time around than it is NC State. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Carolina is firmly on the bubble, if not on the outside looking in, in my opinion. Um They've got to get something. And, you know, with this team's, we say talent level, but at this point they haven't produced the talent level that they've been supposed to. But with the experience, would I want to see if I was other teams and I saw a 9 to 11 seed Carolina, would I be thrilled that was in my bracket? Absolutely not. Um, And, you know, it just takes – a hot streak that Carolina got on last year that helped because Carolina was, you know, 
I had this whole thing that I was worried about them all last year, and I'm even more worried now. Um, but all it takes is to get hot at March, and you never know what can happen. But this is a big game for Carolina. They should they they really needed to beat Miami. I think that would have been a massive help in the tournament. Um, but they didn't, and I think State's hungry. I'm glad. I, I hate the State. Well, both teams are now coming off losses, so that makes mm-hmm. it even more of a bigger thing. Um, I'm sure I, it's weird. It's you said it's on Sunday, right? I, I thought Sunday, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that weird? That's gonna get a weird. weird vibe. I would rather it have been a Saturday night game rather than Sunday yeah. afternoon, but it's Sunday. But um, one thing I find interesting is Carolina is zero and eight in quad one opportunities this year. Here's another one on the road. Right. Uh, we'll see how they do. They're a little, little bit below five hundred on the road on the season. Um, State on the flip side hasn't been has been right around five hundred on the road themselves. At home, they have one loss to Pitt. Right. Um, State also almost after every loss this year, they shoot lights out the next game. Like uh, for whatever reason, it's been a trend. They'll lose and then they'll blow the next team out. But I don't think that matters so much this time because, again, the rivalry aspect of the game and historically since PNC has been home to the Wolfpack basketball games and since 99, Carolina has played well there. You know? Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm not so confident going into this game like I would be if it was almost any other team. I, it, it scares the hell out of me um, because – and. It, you know, don't get me wrong. I hate losing the state more than anything in the world. Um, but it's not even the fact of losing the state right now. It's the fact of you got to have wins to get in the tournament. And I'm really worried that this March is going to be without Carolina. And that's what makes me more nervous than losing the state. We got the one. If we split, I can handle it. Um, but if you lose this game, you, you you got a mat you got Virginia coming up you have Duke again you have I mean so there's you're running out of chances it's a me grinder right close out the year right it is massively a problem and then God forbid you go terrible in this little stretch um and now you have to go win the conference tournament on probably the lower end of the thing so now you're not getting a buy yeah. It's been done, um, but yeah, now you got you have Duke at home and Virginia at home, so that yeah. that's good. You, you, Carolina's played a lot better at home than they have on the road. Duke's been awful on the road, so yeah. I actually tend to lean towards them beating Duke. Carolina, uh, the Virginia one's probably going to be tough. State will save our <laughs> picks for the end of this show. Right. Um, I think that if Carol if Carolina beats State, I think they need four wins counting the state game, so three more. Um, whether they win out or they need to get a couple, you know, in the green uh, – is it in Greensboro this year? ACC tournament um, in order to get in. Because I think the the brand recognition will carry them and Duke a little bit that even, that uh, a lesser brand probably would need to do more. But the problem that Carolina is going to go up against is that quad one uh, yeah. record right now. They're 0-8. A similar 
comparison would be Wisconsin. Wisconsin, on the other hand, though, is four and five in quad one opportunities. Right. So what's the committee going to do if Wisconsin and Carolina have similar records and then this comes down to quad one wins if they wait it like they have in the past. Like that doesn't bug well for Carolina. They really need to, and God knows I don't worry Wolfpack and Carolina haters out there. I'm not going soft. I hope they lose every game they play, but Carolina really needs to go on a, a, a win streak here to get in the tournament because they've played themselves to the bubble. Like you said, and they're at risk of being the, the first preseason number one since what Kentucky a few years ago. To yeah. not make the tournament. I mean, it's it's on the table now. Oh, it's three weeks ago, three four weeks ago. I wouldn't have said that, but right now it's on the table. It's it's more than on the table. It's staring them right in the face. Uh, now th- you also want to throw out an alternate timeline here, where state's coming off a loss. You, if you guys just win in a either heartbreaking fashion or blow us out, you could start the the uh, downhill slide that NC State could just finish on an awful note and then miss the tournament. Right now, they're uh, solidly in, but if they go on a losing streak, they, they could play themselves out. The only way I see this ha- that happening is if you lose the rest of these games and lose the first game of the ACC tournament, then you got something to worry about. But well, other than that, know, I don't see You know State what our schedule is, right? Yeah. We've got you guys home, Wake Forest home, Clemson home, and Duke on the road. So you'll beat Clemson and you'll beat Wake Forest. Hopefully. Oh, Clemson. Clemson's in one of them skids um, that we talked about Pitt getting into. And now <laughs> yeah, and Pitt, Pitt just hasn't. <laughs> They're sitting number one in the league. <laughs> um, But it, it's weird even saying Sunday. Um, Damn, I was all juiced up for Saturday. Uh, but are you uh, – do you got tickets? Are you going to be there? No, it, it, this was the one of the only like sellouts of the year. I'm sure I could find some tickets. I haven't ruled it out. I've considered going, but at the same time, I think I've only been to one. I've seen State went beat Carolina more on the road than I have at home. Oh, I need you to go then. I'll buy you tickets. <laughs> um, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a hostile environment. Uh, for Carolina, which they don't usually do well. And like you said, uh, you know, I've seen State, what was the game? I mean, uh, before Syracuse. Who they, BC. So, you know, they didn't shoot the ball well since Florida State before that game. And so yeah. it was like three games in a row that they didn't shoot well, but they won. And so it was like, you know, it's coming. I mean, you can't be that cold for that long. And I, I think State comes out. And just absolutely sets fire, and and it could be a double digit loss to the Tar Heels. Um, but I I think that maybe Carolina realizes this. If we could stop playing Pete Nance, maybe we could get <laughs> a little more production. Um, the worst transfer in UNC history, but I, whatever. Um, I don't know. I I, I think it's going to be. I'm not nervous for the fact of losing to state. I'm nervous for the fact of what this means for tournament for Carolina. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Cause it, there's more implications than it just being the rivalry right, right now. Like we need the game just for seeding purposes, both ACC and NCAA tournament. You guys need the game to play yourself, to play yourself in. So right. it, there's a lot of implications on both sides for this game. And the thing that I, 
almost don't want to say it, but the thing that I, I'm just like, I've watched so much of state play this year. They don't, they're, they're a little streaky shooting from the perimeter. And usually they follow up a bad shooting night like they had against Syracuse with a on fire shooting night. I, I sometimes wish they could just level out somewhere in the middle and just be consistent, <laughs> but they tend to alternate cold nights with just, they can't miss. Uh, well, Carolina shot like shit against Miami. So maybe, maybe everybody, maybe we'll we just play have a over. shootout. <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. we just play the over. And <laughs> but we'll see Sunday, 1 PM NC state, Carolina. All right, Jordan, give you the update. Then we'll jump into the picks. Um, sure. Last week, I didn't have all the picks together this week. I have the tally from the last two weeks added into the total. And we are both now, you were ahead after last week. So going into this week with our picks that we made from last weekend, we are now tied again at 33 and 20 apiece. Yeah. Um, like I told you before the show, when you talked about this, that those are pretty good records. Um, yeah. Regardless of us picking spreads, because is the spread still not out? I didn't even look at ESPN about it, but I haven't looked it up. To be I don't honest, think it is for this weekend because we are recording on a Thursday this week instead of a Tuesday. So let me do a no, quick Google out. search here. It isn't okay. You... No, um, no, it's not out. Um, so we'll just be doing straight pickums on this, just to be clear. Um, so Saturday, Saturday and Sunday games is what we have this week. Uh, there was, there was some good games. Um, I think this first game we get into is one of the, is the biggest game of the slate that we have coming up on Saturday. And I, I really look forward to watching this Baylor at Kansas, Mm -hmm. um, big 12 matchup, um, at fog Allen. God, that's one of the places I want to go on my bucket list. Um, but you know, Kansas has looked good. But Baylor also has been a very strong team, and I know they're ranked in the top 10, but you don't hear a lot about the Baylor Bears. Well, they are a very good physical team, and so they could cause some havoc at Kansas. Um, So, Logan, we'll start with you. What do you think is going to happen, Baylor versus Kansas? This will be a fun matchup to watch. But I've learned my lesson picking against the Jayhawks. Rock Chalk, give me KU. Yeah, I'm with you. Honestly, if it be if it was at Baylor, I'd probably go Baylor. Same, same. But Fog Allen, like you said, is nuts. So, and it's a top ten matchup. Um, it's later. It might. I think it might even be game day. I'm not 100. percent So you know they're going to show out for that anyway. Yeah. They they show out there anyway, but they're going to be even more so because it's game day. Um, but yeah, I'm with Kansas on that one. Um, all right, we'll go to the Big Ten or the Conference of Rutgers, as Miss Ruin Reckless and you say. <laughs> um, Michigan State versus Michigan. Um, it'd be a little the rivalry right now is it's, it's this not this is not as big a game as it should be. It's a it's a rivalry game. It is what it is. Um, but Michigan State. Had they were preseason ranked, now they're not. And Michigan has been in a weird little slide. They win some, they 
then they'll lose one or two, and then it's they're so inconsistent. Um, but for me, uh, Michigan at home plays a lot better, um, and Sparty at home, Sparty on the road is not as good. So I'm going Michigan here. Um, Logan, what do you say? Probably the smart pick, but due to both teams being so inconsistent and there isn't a clear, you know, this is the easy pick for me. I have a tendency to fall back on my biases and my biases tell me don't pull for the university of anybody Pull for the land grant university. So give me Michigan state and Sparty to win on the road. Um, speaking of them, it's kind of tragic what happened with the shooting. We talked, oh, we, you know, you've seen it on the news with yeah. Michigan state. Um, I don't really know all the facts of it, so I don't want to I don't get into any, any of that. Um, but I, I do know it was three, three victims that were shot. Um, but it, either way, it doesn't matter if it was one. It was a senseless uh, gun act that happened, and um, our thoughts and prayers go out to them yeah. because. Um, we're not going to get political on this aspect of it, but it's just, it's a shame of what is starting to happen a little bit with more and more acts of this happening. Um, and especially on a college campus anywhere, but a college campus and you have these kids that have their whole lives ahead of them and some crazy psycho decides to do this. It's just tragic. So thoughts and prayers go out to Michigan state. Um, I'm sure, you know, as much as I do not like Michigan on the basketball side, don't really hate them on the football side, but I'm sure they'll have something for Michigan State, and it's it's well-deserved. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they do. Um, absolutely. It, Some things are bigger in sports, <clears throat> like we've said absolutely. in the past, so, and this yep. is one of those things. Yeah, it's, it's one of those that we love sports. I love sports more than anything. I watch them all the time. Um, but you know, when it comes to certain things like this, because I think if I'm not mistaken, they not mistaken, they resume uh, sporting events Saturday. Like they haven't had it all going on since then. And so, you know, this will be a very emotional return to sports for them. And I'm sure it'll be handled with class from Michigan. Anyway, um, we're moving on to the ACC. We actually do have some good games um, mm-hmm. in this in this, and I'm looking forward to this one. It does. It's not going to get a lot of hype, but I really do like this game that we're about to go to. Wake Forest at Miami. Um. So, Logan, what do you think is going to happen here? I'm not betting against Miami at home with that guard play and Jim Laranego on the bench. Give me the Canes all the way. Not even if uh. Applebee wants to change Applebee's to Applebee. Apple. <laughs> um, Kid's a baller, but Miami plays really well in Coral Gables. And Wake Forest doesn't play that well on the road. So yep. if you can read between the lines, you know where I'm going with my pick. Um, I'm going Miami at home. Um, they're a very dangerous team, and I'm telling you, I would not want to play them in March. Um, anywhere. I don't want to play them in a tournament. I don't want to play them. Weren't they in the Elite Eight squad last year? I think so. They, when you have good guard play and you have a stretch four, 
that can do stuff like that and is athletic. And Miami's always been physical. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it even tough, tougher for them to be an out in the tournament because and I think they actually have some pretty good depth. So they're another one that's uh that's gonna be a tough out in March. I don't I, unfortunately I don't think Wake Forest gets into the tournament. I hate I don't that. Think so either. I hate that for Wake Forest because I would like to see them get in and make some noise, but I I don't see it happening, um, unfortunately. All right, so moving on, we got Pitt at Virginia Tech. We know how weirdly crazy it is for um, people to go into Castle and win, um, but I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the Pitt Panthers here. I'm sorry, they went on the road and won the ACC. I don't know why they went. But they went on the road almost more than they went at home, which is kind of one of them reverse uh, trends that are going on in college basketball. But I'm going with the Pitt Panthers here. So, Logan, with Pitt. Pitt does play really well on the road. Also, Virginia Tech plays really well at home. So, I'm saying let's defend the castle. Go Hokies, Virginia Tech. I was hoping you were going to say that because I was like, can we not make it through the show again where we just pick <laughs> the same damn ones? Um, no, that's going to be a good one. That's another good matchup. Um, regardless if any t- team is ranked, uh, most people outside the ACC are going to see that and be like, eh, it's whatever, but it's a really good matchup and it's a really good game. And uh, Couture, we all know what he's oh, like yeah. in Castle and Padula. Like, and Padula, um, they're both just cheat codes there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, so now we got Duke. At Syracuse, um, I know when I say Syracuse now, you probably cringe a little bit with the foul discrepancy there. <laughs> um, but um, Duke is not very good on the road. No. Um, and Syracuse, for some reason, defends home court pretty decently. Um, they play the zone. I think the key factor in this is going to be Roach and Filipowski, like it always is um, for Duke. And so we'll see what happens, Virginia. Um, in that Virginia game, it was wild to see that Filipowski went so long with zero points, and he might have finished with zero points. I can't remember, but um, that just speaks to volumes of Virginia's defense. Um, but if you can hold Filipowski to zero points, you have a good shot of winning that game against Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, Lively is not. The he's not an offensive threat. As he's I was, a, he's a garbage buckets. Yeah. Garbage buckets guy, but he's really coming to his own rebounding and and altering and blocking shots. But um, offense, not quite there. Do you, in my opinion, that doesn't translate very well for the NBA. Um, not he's being a able center, to so I think I think he'll get drafted. You think he there aren't many? The- there aren't many like scoring centers these days. Well, that's fair, and you know, with his athleticism and him being yeah. so young, um, he he's. You know, when he came in, they looked at him as a one and dunner. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, he was um, the number one recruit in the country. Yeah. So I don't see him drop. I mean, it's only two rounds in the NBA draft. Yeah. Um, so I don't see him coming back. If, if Harry Giles got drafted, Derek yeah. Lively will be drafted in the first round. Yeah, I'll go even farther back. If Martin Williams got drafted, um, <laughs> then I think Lively gets drafted. Um, but Anyway, Logan, what's your pick on this Duke-Syracuse game? Duke's terrible on the road. Syracuse plays well at the Dome. And 
Uh, I believe they're they're expecting forty thousand people for this game. Are they gonna uh, open it up, or is that gonna be in that they, little small? Yeah, place? they're opening it up for Duke. They typically have a bigger crowd, and they open it up to the the bigger, uh, more capacity. I think it's gonna be rocking at the JMA Wireless Dome. Uh, <laughs> can't say that without laughing. So I'm I'm taking cues at home. I don't care what you say. It's always the carrier dome to me. Sorry. <laughs> um, but Duke's I, a football I, school now. Duke's a football school. Yeah, they're a football school now. They won uh, nine games this year. <laughs> well, they did. They did. But I'm not calling them football school. I'm gonna go with I'm I'm gonna go with Syracuse here. It's really tough for me to um sit there and pull against them, especially with Duke's struggles on the road because last time we saw them on the road, they played Miami and or they played Virginia, excuse me, in between that. And they actually should have won that game. But that terrible refereeing that we talked about mm-hmm. um, earlier in the show is the reason they lost that game. That was a total botched call. And you know, as a Carolina fan, I've always told, oh, all you guys do is blame the referees. Well, um, Duke had a case there. And it was, like you said, like you said, the ACC came out and said they were wrong for the state call. Uh, the ACC came out and said that the officials were wrong on the Virginia Duke call. Um, I'm glad they were wrong because Duke lost, number one. And number two, it made it where my bet hit because we got the backdoor UVA cover. Uh, <laughs> but thanks to thanks to good old overtime. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I think Syracuse is just too good, especially at home. It's it's their Duke's going to lose this game. Uh, I'll be interested to see what the line is, but I I think that's going to happen. Um. All right, now we go to the game that we care about. It's the game of the week. Game of the week for us. Game of the week for us. Um, Massive implications for ACC standings, tournament for Carolina, tournament seating for State. Um, I'll take this one. And, you know, I was informed by one of my friends that listens to our show regularly, and he'll he'll remain anonymous, Taylor. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That I have become too much as a state, a state supporter, and I have changed. Which is and ridiculous. That's, that's probably fair. I, I've been a little uh, more on the state wagon this year than I've ever well, been in my entire. You're life. just you're just observing reality that they're a solid basketball team, and this is their best team that they've fielded. Since a, probably 2013 or 2014. I I was going to say, and in, in since 2000. I mean, I yeah, was we, going way back. We made a couple Sweet 16s when I was in college. But you might have. But I think we're preseason number six now. my freshman year. You still in have the country. more talent. Still have more talent, in my opinion. Um, eh, we'll have to go back. I'll have to show you that roster from my freshman year. You might change your mind, but that's a separate, that's an off, off recording conversation. Um, I, I think that the struggles with Carolina on the road, the hostile environment that they're going into, even though Carolina does play very well at PNC for whatever reason, um, we could call it PNC Chapel Hill if we wanted to. I mean, 
um, at this point. But I'm going with the Wolfpack here. And so maybe there's your kiss of death. Sorry, state listeners. Uh, but I'm trying to get some uh, a win here. And I'm going to even go as big as I am putting $100 on state. And I will bet that, and I will tweet out my bet slip on my uh, Twitter because that's how confident I am in the state money line. And even if the state spread is under five, I will take that all day, and I'll put $100 on it, and I'm going to tweet it out there. Um, that's how confident I am in state winning this ball game. So, James, Logan, I know you guys don't like to hear that, um, but that's what I'm going with. So, Logan, go ahead and play your little bullshit wolf. Go ahead and play it because I know it's probably coming, but I want to hear your pick anyway. Summer of 1998, there was a stable in the World Championship Wrestling called the NWO Wolfpack. One of the the leader of said stable was one of my favorite pro wrestlers of all time, Kevin Nash. He walked out on Nitro one night. That was their Monday night show. And he proclaimed to the crowd when they were all cheering for him, he was throwing up the hand sign. And he said, Wolfpack in the house. Wolfpack will be in the house on Sunday, but they ain't coming out with a win. It's, I'm picking Carolina on this one just because State was a little rough on the road shooting the ball. Jarko Joyner had a good game, had a triple-double. Uh, DJ Burns couldn't stay out of foul trouble, still put in 15 points. But Steady Eddie, Casey Marcel had a little bit of a rough game. Terquavion's been so up and down. He's either on fire or cannot hit the broadside of a barn. And there's no guarantee that they're going to be hot next game. There's a chance they could be hot next game. And if they are, they're going to run Carolina off the floor. But I have seen state go two, sometimes three games in a row, struggling to shoot the ball. Carolina plays well at PNC. I'm old enough to have been there and remembered the Marcus page games. Um, I, I don't feel comfortable picking the Wolfpack in this matchup. So I'm begrudgingly picking Carolina Tar Heels to get a much-needed victory because they need it more than we do for tournament purposes. I think they might get their first quad win one of the season. They will be one and eight in quad win opportunities entering into Monday morning. Unless unless they do that stupid bullshit where they win by too many and knock you into a quad two. That is nuts to me because <laughs> they could have had a quad one uh, when they played at Chapel Hill. But no, one by too much makes no yeah, sense to me. doesn't make any sense. Um, so – me and I work along a bunch of state guys at work, and we were talking about this. Burns, great, exceeded expectations this year. There's no doubt in my mind that's happened. And he's a great passer. But the way he turns the ball over, especially in the Syracuse game that stuck last, out to me. Since Virginia, he's been a turnover machine. He, he, what is he? He he it seems like every game I watch of them, they have he has four to five turnovers every time. And he wasn't, but again, that Virginia game has been since then he's been a turnover machine. It's one of those that are like <coughs> just I, I don't know, don't throw the ball away and you win that game and you win yeah. several other games. Yeah. Um it's kind of obvious. But uh I hope that we cause problems, and I think we should not play Pete Nance. I know I've, I wish we played the other guy, um, the freshman, but I, I doubt that happens this early and this late in the year. Um, but anyway, I hope that you're right, Logan, and I'll gladly take this loss, and I'll <laughs> gladly lose $100 uh, 
Um, if that's how much it's worth to me, to go ahead and sweep the wolf pack. Uh, but my smart pick and me betting with my mind and not my heart, I'm taking the wolf pack to win this game. So I'm glad I didn't have to listen to your bullshit wolf audio going because I have nightmares of listening to that shit too many times <laughs> anyway. And uh, my fiance loves to throw up the wolf pack sign anytime they play. Um, and so she just likes to get under my skin with that because she knows how bad I hate state. But anyway, it's going to be a good game. I can't wait for Sunday now. Um, but we'll see what happens. It'll be a good game. And Logan, if, uh, if, if, if they tend to lose when you're there, I'll buy your ticket. That's what I need to do. Maybe I should buy your ticket to see you there. I think I'm going to sit and watch this one from the comfortability of my own home couch. Because Sunday, 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 <laughs> the North Carolina Tar Heels travel to the NC State Wolfpack. Battle of red versus blue, PNC Arena, where Carolina has won many, many times. Hope I'm wrong. Hope Jordan's right. But we'll see. We'll find out about Sunday around 3 o'clock, 3.30. We'll see uh, who, who emerges as the, as the victor. Absolutely. And uh, I guess I'll have an excuse for Sunday fun day now. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, if you click on the description of this podcast, there's a link that says click here to leave us a voicemail. It's available on both the Apple and Spotify versions of tailgate season. Be sure to click that link. Let us know what your thoughts are on the game this Saturday or this Sunday. See, it's even stuck in my head, but the game this Sunday, um, who you think is going to win, what you think of our picks, tell us what you like, what you don't like, or if you just want to tell us, go fuck yourself, you can do it there. There's also going to be a link in the podcast for the uh, description for the website, coldcansnetwork.com. Pick yourself up a tailgate season hat and T-shirt. The hats are only $22 plus tax and shipping, so you will not find a better deal on the Internet. Uh, Be sure to check that out. Through this episode of Tailgate Season, where it is always bad day to be a beer, presented by the Cold Cans Network, I am Logan. Sitting here with Jordan. We'll see you next time.